0: So, you guys know I went to Cleveland on, um, what was it last week, last Monday, Tuesday? I spent a day in Cleveland uh, by myself riding around a motor scooter, which is wonderful. And then the second day, Tuesday, Wednesday, I spent it with the great Dan Kennedy, who uh, is, you guys, as you know, someone I've talked to and is one of my great mentors. Um, but There's a ton of insight that came through from those two days, not just from Kennedy himself, um, but from a lot of the other speakers, some really good speakers that came. So here's number one. Number one tip is um, for phone calls, for phone calls. Uh, Outbound is the new inbound outbound is the new inbound now this wasn't totally a shock to me and this wasn't something that i haven't said to you guys before but it's 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 pretty clear so typical you know opt-ins for things it's you know you opt in for something and then it's schedule a consultation drive to a phone call and stuff like that and then you message them back and forth through text message and and basically you you know you you try to schedule them right So the whole theory behind this outbound, this new inbound is to not wait for them to actually call you. So, for example, don't necessarily wait for them to schedule like a a consult call or a consult meeting. As soon as they opt in, you call them as soon as they opt in, you call them. And I think this is a little bit different than, and and it's not so much of you're calling them saying, hey, do you want to sign up? It's really you calling up and saying, uh, let's just say, for example, they downloaded like a lead magnet of yours, right? And you're basically saying, hey, just wanna, it's more of like a courtesy call, like almost like, hey, just wanna touch base with you. I saw that you downloaded the book, uh, wanted to see if there's anything you needed help with. And then from there, you could schedule some kind of a consultation or schedule some kind of a phone call, right? So it's kind of like warming it up where people are starting to kind of put their hands up and be like, ah, yeah, I don't want to schedule a, a consultation. I don't want to schedule marketing because people have their guard up. And so with this first initial phone call, it's just like, hey, you know, just saw that you did this. I wanted to just touch base, introduce myself. And it's it, this is definitely something that you could have um, so for example, like Jill does this for us, like when, when someone uh, downloads a book. So when we when download the book, someone basically, Jill reaches out to them and just says, Hey, just want to make sure you got the book and uh, thanks for getting it. And then from there, she'll try to set them into something else, uh, from there. So, uh, it, it's, it's essentially, um, a, a great way to get the relationship started without people being like, Whoa, whoa what's going on here. All right. Uh, second one. And this was straight from the horse's mouth from Kennedy. Uh, Organize testimonials by problems. Organize testimonials by problems. So start to think about what are the objections that you get in a consult. So Tony, you're sitting down with somebody and you're like, "Uh, you know, I can't afford it or it's too expensive or I don't have the time right? So start to think about all the objections that you get in a consultation. Okay. And then from there, what you want to do is schedule testimonials based around those objections. So for example, you would be like, all right, the the testimony could be, I walked into Gabriel Fitness, and I didn't think I could afford what The prices that they were charging. After one session, I realized I couldn't not afford it and decided to give up coffee and donuts. (laughs) I had a a conversation with a guy yesterday, older man. He said, "I, I started my day for the first 40 years of my life with two glazed donuts and two Cokes. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that doing that for 40 years, starting your day with two glazed donuts? And he was like, proud of it. He's like, it's like, yeah, it was delicious. And he's like, I can't do it anymore, but I sure do miss it. I was like, how would you, how do you miss that? Like, that's disgusting. Um, so organized testimonies by problem. So when you put a testimonial up, make the headline around what would the objection be? right? What would prevent someone from that? And then and you list out all the problems and then look through your testimonials. You might have them already. So what you do is list out the problems first, list out the objections, and then look through all your testimonials. You might have those right now, right? But what the other thing you can do is if you list out the objections, then you can start to think about, all right, who do I want to get a testimonial from that kind of overcame this objection, Right? So don't testimonials. Remember the worst testimonial is Tony's a great guy. I love Tony. That's such horseshit. That does not work. No one cares about that. All right. This is the most important part of a testimonial. Where was I before and where am I now? Right. Where was I before and where am I now? Okay. That means that there was a problem that was solved. Okay. What's up, Lord? What's up, Sergey? Um, we're talking uh, testimonials. And just to recap real quick uh, organizing your testimonials by objections, right? So, Lloyd, what objections do you get in your consults, right? What do people say? I can't afford it. I can't. Uh, I don't have the time, blah, 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 blah. And you pull testimonials and you slap these all over your website, right? Sl- slap them all over your website, put them on social. Um, you guys should have uh, physical testimonial booklets when you come in, when people come in, you should be giving them, and even if it's just a packet of papers, right? Even if it's just a a, a stapled packet of papers with a picture, a headline, and then a story. That's all you need, a picture, headline, and story. Okay? Um, For your testimonies, but start to think about like where all the different places you should be displaying these things. Okay, that's number two. All right, number three is think of your marketing um, in, in terms of event marketing as in different tiers, okay? So we'll just talk about first tier, second tier, third tier marketing, okay? So what would be a first tier marketing event? for us. So start to think about that. A first-tier marketing event was like something there's no way we're not going to market around this time period or holiday or something like that, right? And so the first-tier event for us, and I'll just give them to you, right? We don't really need to even talk about it. It's pretty simple. The first-tier event, okay, is New Year's, back to school, and pre-summer. Right? That, that, that's like, if you're going to talk about three periods of time throughout the year where your target market is looking to get fit, to get in shape, those are the three most popular times throughout the year. That's universal in our country because everyone gets out of shape in the summer, everyone eats their face off in the wintertime, and everyone wants to look good on the beach right? No no matter what. And and here's the thing too. If you don't think that people in their 50s want to look good on the beach, if you think that people in their 50s only want to feel better and be more active and mobile, you might not understand human behavior and what truly really motivates people. People still want to look good. They still want to look good. That doesn't mean you have to go get shredded six pack abs, right? And that's probably not what they want. But to show a testimonial of a fifty year old guy and a before after picture of that fifty year old guy—that's the other thing too. Why you should be you you should be looking to use before after before after pictures are the most powerful um, way you can display a testimonial. And where can't you use before after pictures? On Facebook, right? You can't use them on Facebook, you can't run any ads, they flag it to begin with. And what that means is that means it's very, 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 very effective. (laughs) Right? And so you should use those before after pictures any possible chance you get that you're allowed to. So if you didn't add the newspaper, if you, um, If you uh, did something on, um, like even on your website, you can use before after pictures, anything that you um, are allowed to use before after pictures, you should, because that tells the story of here's where I was before. Here's where I am now in one like glimpse. It's like, boom, I can just see it. I don't have to read any words. I can just see it. So you got to use those where you can. Okay. So first tier marketing is pretty simple. It's, 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 it's uh, new year's it's pre-summer and it's um, it's back to school. Okay. That's first year. Now, what would second tier be? Well, I got a second tier one running right now. Okay. And a second tier one is father's day, right? And father's day is a holiday, but it's a big gift giving holiday every spouse every kid they're all looking for specific gifts to give to a friend so that would be like a second tier right you're not going to get like a massive massive influx like we'll get always way people more way more people for new years than we would for father's day right so it's a second tier event so maybe it's not as long of a promo maybe it you know for a new year's event would have a six-week challenge and a, a, a three-week marketing lead-up versus the Father's Day might just be like a three-day sale, right? But it's still a powerful second-tier event. Black Friday, you could argue Black Friday would be in tier one, right? You could argue that that could be in tier one because so, it is so lucrative. Um, but I, for our, since we're not like an e-commerce type of business, I would say Black Friday is a tier um, tier two so you have things like valentine's day mother's day those those types of things um, that you would build it around and, and and tier three is like your smaller ones like halloween and i'd say thanksgiving and those different types of events um labor day and and, and things like that so you have, but but start to look at your marketing and you can kind of start simplifying it things that, where it's like all right here's my marketing plan when i sit down to do my marketing plan all right let's get my tier ones Together, right? Let's like let's lock these in. Let's build assets around these. We need a good landing page for these. We want a name. We want a flagship thing. We want to do the same thing every year. I want emails already done. And all I got to do every year is tweet the subject line and stuff like that. That you got that shit down. You got that stuff in order. Okay. That's a big thing. And then your second tiers and third tiers, same, same thing, but, but know that, Hey, you can probably do really well just by leveraging your first tier events really, 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 um, effectively. Number four, um, the most, this is straight from the great Dan Kennedy's mouth. So you want to write this down in your marketing, in your marketing, your message, your message matters more than anything. Your message matters more than anything. And so what is the number one thing you need to have down for your marketing message? Well, it's your unique selling proposition, right? And that's what all of you learned in the six-week. Has everyone here gone through the six-week search? yeah so if you've gone through the six week search you should have your your uni- unique unique selling proposition down pat right that we took we, when we story branded your business right we did through, we went through story brand remember this Lloyd we went through story brand but now it's like are you actually sitting down and taking that USP and pulling pieces of it and using it in your market so your USP is not so much of this is a thing that we have and a slogan that we slap on the website, right? That's not you communicating your marketing message. You're communicating a version of that in everything you do, not just in your marketing, but also in your sales conversations. And I'll, I'll ask you this. Does your team know your unique selling proposition? Does your team know, and are they able to have those conversations even with your clients? Because what you want is this message to spread. And if you're the only one that knows it, and the only way you know it is is it's slapped on your website, man, ain't gonna fly. Okay, so that's number four. Um, And again, these are just, I'm not saying you need to go do all this stuff. I'm just relaying, maybe one of these is impactful for you. Okay. So don't, don't go on a wild goose chase and think you got to change everything in your business just by these. I'm essentially taking a two day seminar. I'm giving you the, 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 the nuggets and maybe one of these nuggets is something that can meet you where you are. So don't, don't get kind of overwhelmed by this. Um, really just think of what's the one of these seven that resonates most. And maybe you take action on that. Okay. Um, so, so you could look as oh I mean, our message is like so out of whack. I don't even remember my USP. I didn't even put it up on the website. You know, that's probably something to focus on. Okay. Um, number five, um, you you must know, and be working toward increasing the lifetime value of your customer. You must know, and work towards increasing. The lifetime value of your customer. Okay. So let me give you an example. Last week, I sent a text message to the head of the PAL of my uh, town, Berkeley Heights. Okay. And here was the text. I'm going to read it verbatim. Hold on. Here's the text, the exact text. Um, I had just bumped into this guy randomly, but I said, "Great seeing you the other day." Um, I'd like to make a donation of a thousand dollars in exchange for two emails to promo our summer program. You think that's fair? His response: more than fair. He will put it on the website. Also, call me when you have a second. Okay, so that's the text I sent. Um, now, where did I come up with a thousand dollars? Well. I know that $1,000 to a youth program like that is a good chunk of change. They charge $500 or $300 to have your banner up for a whole, you know, year. $1,000 to them for sending two emails is like, oh my God, of course, we'll take the money. Absolutely, right? This morning they sent the email this morning. I'm like, literally, this is as fresh as fresh can be. Um, at the time I got on this call, after they sent the email, we had 24 opt-ins for our summer program, 24. Okay. That's as of this. Now it's been an hour since I, Leo told me that, uh, roughly. And, um, so I'm, I'm positive there's more. Okay. Um, In fact, I I would love to be like him yelling in updates as as we go. Hey, uh, Jill, do me a favor. Send Leo a text and tell him to update us every seven minutes on what the number is on the opt-ins for this. This is going to be real-time shit here, guys. All right? This is like as good as it gets. All right? So every seven minutes, he needs to come in and just hold his number up of how many more opt-ins we got. So we got 24 opt-ins uh, for purchased, for purchased average value in a purchase, average value in a purchase is $400. It's $400 just to join the camp at a minimum. Okay. So he told me that there was uh, about $2,000 in sales. Now, $4,000, 400 is the minimum, but they can pay eight, 800 for the whole summer and stuff like that, whatever. But he said there's $2,000 that was generated, um, in immediate sales from the email alone. Okay, so it's going to keep going up. The opt-ins are going to keep going up. The amount of sales are going to keep going up. Uh, Now, that doesn't even include, let's say, a kid that came, that's in sixth grade, came with us, and he trains with us from sixth grade to ninth grade, and he does, on average, two blocks a year, which is about $800 a block, okay? says $1,600 a year, say that he's with us for three years. Okay, do the math on that. One, that's one kid. Now, we have a whole setup of parents that we have a whole setup for the, when we get the kids that we have a whole very back-end evil scheme to get their parents in the door. So we know that once kids come in, we'll get their parents. Okay, that's all set up on the back end. But the reality is that $1,000 will be multiplied, you know, tenfold, tenfold. And so, but a lot of people were like, oh, $1,000, that's a lot of money. I don't know if I want to cough up $1,000. But if you know, on average, the lifetime value of a customer, then your willingness to spend money to generate clients and generate leads becomes higher. And Dan, and it's another Kennedy thing, you know, the person and the business that's willing to spend more money to acquire customers will be the one that wins. Hence why you always need to be, you know, have cash on hand because the more you can invest in acquiring new customers, the more successful you will be. So you got to know this number, you got to know what it is, right? Now we don't know necessarily what it is, okay? Because this program started back in March. Okay, so we don't really know what it is. So in a year, we'll look at how many kids came on average, how long, how many blocks they did and we'll know like what around what the lifetime value is to that point. And maybe next year I'm like saying, "Hey, I'll give you $2,000 for 5 emails." Right, so you got to start looking at the, the 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 lifetime value as a driver for decision making in marketing. The lifetime value as a driver for decision making in marketing. Okay, number six. Um, this is another one on testimonials. Uh, the best testimonials have a good story to tell. The best te- twenty five. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's going to just go through you. No, I want it. I want the theater. I want him to pop his greasy head in and actually, you know, sh- tell me what it is. Because I want to. Con- he has a I consult. Wanna, oh, consult, consult, <laughs> sh- consult, schmunzel. Sh- These guys. I can do like a big jump and like. <laughs> so, so here's what your goal is as a business owner. Your goal is to do nothing. That's your goal is to do nothing and make everyone else work their asses off. That's your goal. So all I did was text that dude, get him to send the email. I did write the email. And now I get to sit back and watch Jill hold the numbers up and watch Leo run around like a chicken without a freaking head, getting all these people in the door. That's the goal. Right? That's the goal. You don't want to be the one running around the chicken. You know, the, the worst thing you can do is keep the sales roll forever. Because it's work. It's a lot of work. You got to be there. Right now, this is an aspirational thing. For some of you, this is that for Johnny. You got you to be in that gym. Johnny, you be in that gym. John Beadle, you be in that gym. You be there and you be there every moment. But as you go and as you grow and as you get better at this game, you start to do less and get better results. And that's the goal. The goal is not work harder and work more. The goal is work less and get more. Okay. Uh, best testimonies have a story to tell. Find your best success stories. Think about Close your eyes right now. Close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. And I want you to think about the best story that you have among your clients. What's the best story that you got? Now, I want you to think about, is that prominently displayed? Have you leveraged that story to the point where that thing is everywhere? Now, I will tell you this. Um, There's a guy on this call. That gave me one of the best testimonials I've ever gotten. And I have a video of that testimonial. I've written that testimonial, but the mistake I've made is I have not displayed that shit everywhere I possibly can. And at this seminar, it reminded me to take the good stories that you have, and those stories need to be everywhere. Everywhere. So for example, if you follow a lot of our stuff at GFP, you'll see Kathy Balsamo everywhere. You'll see Kathy Balsamo on our Facebook page, you'll see her on our website, you'll see her in our print materials, you'll see her in our newspaper articles, you'll see her in our magazine articles, you see her everywhere. So what, one, what are the best stories you got? Okay, two, are those stories hidden? Are those stories not being told? Are you sitting on a gold mine of stories that are not being told? So my advice, the quick action step here is write down the best stories. What are the top 10 stories you got? The top 10, Hey, this person, you know, changed their life and lost a hundred pounds with us. And this person, blah, blah, blah. And this person, this, do you actually even have their stories? Are they documented? And are they documented well enough? Maybe you maybe you got these testimonials before you learn this stuff from me. Maybe the testimonial says Sergey's a really nice guy, right? John's a really good trainer. Lloyd sent me a card on my birthday. Who like, gives a shit? What's the point of a testimonial? Where was I before? Where was I now? What were, the, what were the challenges that I overcame that you might also be experiencing? That's what needs to be displayed. So some of you may need to go back and re-interview these people. Some of you need to go back and ask for another testimonial with these leading things. Because they may not be doing their job. All righty.